Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, I did want to start. I do have a correction from last week. Okay. Um, after speaking with Joyce Bryant's niece again. Stop. Um, I apparently got a couple of things wrong, uh, though I'm not sure which ones, because apparently Joyce said that everybody needs a little mystery. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Well, well, what? I apologize for what I got wrong, but everybody just, you know, imagine. Try and, try and you know, go back, re-listen, and think some of this is yeah. wrong. Which, which part of this is weird? Yeah, it made me think, like, we probably do that a lot. So much. <laughs> because it's like, some sources say this, and some sources say this. And yeah, this 100%. There's no, yeah, there's no way that everything is perfect. So, quick reminder, please don't take any of this as... Don't use this podcast to write your thesis. Don't do it. Don't do, don't it. do it. Not, not Probably not even a book report, I would say. Definitely write your thesis about these women, but don't sure. use us as a source. Sure. Also, the idea of someone who's book report age listening to this podcast. Don't do that either. Don't do that either. No. No. Probably... Not ideal. Anyway, hi, how are you? How's Hi. Your... It's I have I have very little to report, uh, because I was sick all of last week. So oh, that's exciting. Uh, but it's not COVID. I got two negative tests. So dope, dope, dope. that's good. Yeah. Um and Evan's feeling better because I got him sick. So he was like three days behind me. <laughs> So, but it, it literally was a six day on both of us. It was, we were sick for six days and then we were fine. So, um, yeah, weird, but feeling better now. Great. Um, I made a, an apple cinnamon cake today. Look at you. I wiped it up hard today, dude. I like cleaned the house and I baked Wow. and I like, yeah, it was disgusting. I'm- really impressed because I've been intending to do that for a lot of days. Mm-hmm. Haven't. And today mm-hmm. I read most of the day and then texted Trevor. Hey, I'm about to start Babetown. When you get home, can you take out the trash and recycle? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I that, didn't do it. <laughs> that definitely has been my life. I mean, like I woke up this morning and was like, maybe I'll just like lay around and play video games today. And then I, got like a random burst of motivation and I was like, okay, I'll use this to like do the dishes. And then it wasn't like it hadn't dissipated yet. So I was like, I guess I'll vacuum. And then like, it's still so that it was just kind of like a, so yeah. it's nice. It was but then good. it feels super um, fulfilling. Like it feels very, oh, man. yeah, I feel really great. Clean. I feel like I have earned drinking beer tonight, you know, nice. just like laying around and like not doing anything tonight. Yeah. So I always feel like, especially because today I didn't work today. So it's like the start of my weekend. So like, especially on weekends, which during the pandemic, there have been so many where I do literally nothing. Like, tell me around. about it. Yeah. Like, there, you just literally Every do Every day of my life is Saturday. It's, yeah. And like, and like, there, are, it's, I, I so, I so deeply love doing just absolutely nothing. Like, just laying around and watching movies and like just True, not yeah, doing yeah. anything it's excellent but it's also not sustainable for my mental health so true. true so today was a nice like it was sunny outside so I had like all the windows open it's great nice yeah I did a longer and harder yoga class than I normally do so I feel like I've earned my wine 
which I don't mean to say that like I've earned the calories of my wine because I don't think that's how life you've earned the relaxation of yes, your wine. Yes, I've earned. I did I'm one sitting back thing other than reading my wine. Yeah. Ooh, maybe I'll make a gin drink tonight. Evan got a bunch of gin for his birthday, like a bunch of gin for his birthday. So you need to drink it. That's a dynamite part about living with your partner is for their birthday when they get booze, you also get booze. Yeah, and luckily, like, like it's not, like, whiskey. Like, I was a little worried that people were going to, like, get him whiskey and shit. And, like, I can't do it. I've tried so I many times. Can. I can't do it. But gin, I can really get behind. That's part of the reason I got Trevor a nicer bottle of scotch for his birthday. It was like, oh, no, now it's just right there. Huh. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, we've got um, some Sipsmith, which is a nice, that's a nice, like, like making a gin drink. Mm-hmm. I'm just drinking gin because it's so much. But anyway, how are you? I'm okay. It's been a weird week. Uh, we had a, like, work town hall thing where they were going to give us an update about our April 1st restart date. Yeah. And it was the strangest and saddest town hall I've ever seen. I texted my friend Christina beforehand. And I was like, you're logging onto this, right? Because it wasn't a mandatory thing, but I was like, I'm yeah. curious. And she's like, yeah. And I told her, I was like, 10 bucks. We're going to be more confused on the other side of this than we are right now. Yeah. And pretty much immediately when it started, they were like, all right, let's get down to business. Um, work is going to be postponed indefinitely and may not return ever. And we were all like, What? cool so I immediately start texting her and I'm like this is so much worse than I thought um so for those listening basically my job is I I uh, it's an acting gig if you boil it down but it's we play patients for medical students in their final test before they graduate and get a residency so it's their only exam with quote unquote patients to test their like, you know, bedside manner and professionalism and yada, yada, yada. And when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the longer I've done it, the more I'm like, oh, this is necessary. (laughs) A lot of these people are incredibly smart and have no idea how to talk to people in any way that's not demeaning and condescending and is comforting. So So when the pandemic hit, they said, Okay, because it was required to graduate and get a residency, but they're flying in from all over the Midwest and the South. And with quarantine times and flying and traveling, it just wasn't safe or doable. So they said, okay, you can graduate without it, but you have to come back within a certain amount of time and do it. And then I guess that also got just kind of thrown by the wayside because they were like, whatever, we need doctors in here. We need to get people you know, into the workforce. And so now the students coming up to graduation are saying that it's unfair that all of those pandemic doctors didn't have to take the test. They just got to get a residency. And so they're saying it's not fair for them to have to take this test when other people didn't have to. Which on one side, yes, I understand. It's an expensive test and it's pass-fail and if you fail, you've got to go back to medical school for a while. you got to redo some stuff. Like, it's it's a high-stakes thing. But also, 
it feels like the company is just being bullied by medical students and are caving to it. Um, yeah. So that's frustrating. And it's also whole, like big time extenuating circumstances. The most extenuating circumstances like, that have ever extenuated. Yeah. So they said that they would let us know within like six to eight weeks if it's pretty much closed for good. But then the town hall turned into like this really long, weird goodbye thing. And they sent an email. They were like, if you need to come pick up, cause we left like, you know, if people wanted to use slippers or, you know, I left a hair tie and chapstick and a mug. So I didn't have to use paper mugs all the time. So like, if you want to come pick up your belongings and, you know, pilfer through the bookcase for books and games to take home, take whatever you want. And I was like, oh, this really feels like you guys are like done. Expecting it to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that's going to look like in the future. Oops, buddy. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. We'll see. Valkyrie's so upset. You can tell. She's very pissed. Wow. We'll see. And I'm like, Thankfully, unemployment has been extended, and it's not the end of the world. I have time, and it may not even be a done deal. It may not even be over. So I'm trying not to freak out before it is time to freak out. Yeah. But it's kind of killed all of my productivity for this week because I was like, I'm going back to work in April, and it's gonna, I'm going to be a person, and I'm going to be in the workforce again. And now it's like, oh, no, 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 no. This will be indefinite. Yeah. And uh, it's been a week. Yeah. Yeah. But I got my box wine and I got my dog. All great things. And I would love to welcome you to Babe Town. Ew. You fucking suck. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You got me multiple times, okay? That's true. In a row. Yeah. In a row. It was my time. Did I see you just finish some cool crisp water over there you already breaking into the gin oh yeah my whole actually your mason jar it's your mason jar with the anchor on it with the anchor on it oh it's mine now no i'm stealing that back one of these days sorry bitch i've had it for four years i don't care this is firmly my mason jar now no No. so i'm pretty sure sometimes i have my cheryl cup uh, I think one cup with the Cheryl sticker on it that Jillian was. Oh. Because she had all those Cheryl stickers. I definitely on. have a thing cup, but it doesn't have a sticker on it. Oh, maybe it came off. It was a little bitty sticker that was clear. Yeah. And just yeah. Cheryl. No, I've, well, I mean, yes, you did see me finish off some water, but I am also drinking an Alaskan white. Yeah. So. Nice. You drink? Oh, your box wine. That's right. Box wine. Which uh, uh, went to the store and both brands, like my number one brand and my backup brand were sold out. So I had to go with mystery third brand. It's it's not as bad as I feared, but it's not great. Well, now you have four bottles worth of it. So just good news. Great news, everybody. Great news. <laughs> um, well, I get what year was your babe born? Well, Taylor, I'll tell you. Once I move your little icon over here. Uh, my babe was born in 1866. Ooh, you are first. I figured it would be. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have a ton of information on this lady, but it, it's too cool not to tell her story. Um, right. Taylor, have you ever heard of Mariah P. Williams? Mm, the name sounds familiar, but it probably was just like a little blurb on like a list of like cool ladies or something. That sounds correct. Yes. So, <laughs> um, well, here we go. So Mariah. Right. It is now occurring to me that it may be Maria. How's it spelled? M-A-R-I-A. Oh, well, yeah, I think minus the H, it's for it's Maria and Maria. Yeah. I <laughs> have been calling her Mariah in my head all day long, and it literally just occurred to me looking at her name where I was like, that says Maria. Okay, so have you ever heard of Maria P. Williams? Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> still definitely no. Fantastic. Okay. So Maria Williams was born January 1st, 1866 in Versailles, Missouri. Oh, yeah. This is not the Versailles that I thought you were going to finish that sentence with. I really thought about pausing and being like, was born in Versailles, Missouri. Missouri. That's like Um, Athens, Georgia. Yes. A lot like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Miami, Ohio. Anyway. um, I hate that. That's. It's in the same country. Yeah. There's also, it's spelled the same. It's spelled like Miami, but it's pronounced Miami in Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma loves to break all the rules. Wait, it's still, it ends in an I and you say Miami. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I hate that too. <laughs> <laughs> Versailles, Missouri. So uh, that is literally all I know about her childhood. She was a school teacher in Kansas City. And she entered the political arena in the 1890s. She was traveling around giving lectures and speeches for political candidates throughout Kansas. And then from 1891 to 1894, she was editor-in-chief of a newspaper in Kansas City called The New Era. And then after that, for a few years, she edited and published a newspaper called Women's Voice. And Women's Voice was sponsored by, quote, the Colored Women's Auxiliary of the Republican Party. Okay. They seemed to love what she was doing. There was this cute quote about how they covered all sorts of, you know, modern topics or whatever. It was precious. Um, (laughs) So she settles then in Kansas City, Missouri, the other Kansas City, and got involved. Wait, where's the first one? Kansas. Wait, there's a Kansas City, Kansas, and a Kansas City, Missouri? I definitely thought there was only a Kansas City, Missouri. Here too. I almost even made a joke when you said that she was in Kansas City of being like, oh, yeah, that city that's named after a different state that's in Missouri. But there's also apparently one in that same state. I want to see how far away from each other they are. Kansas City, Kansas to Kansas City, Missouri. It's like one of the top searches. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, oh no. Is it one big town that straddles yes. the border? Really? Yes. yes. <laughs> I was like, I wonder how long it takes. It was like seven minutes. <laughs> anyway. Wow, that's so, that's even better, honestly, to yeah. me, that they're not two separate towns, but they're in two separate states. Yeah, so she just. Hop, skipped, and jumped right over the line. 
settled mm-hmm. on the other side of town. Brand new state. Great. Great. Um, and she started getting involved in like civic duties, public servanthood, that kind of thing. She's very involved. I kept finding like, she's just very involved. Um, right. So in 1916, she published a short pamphlet that was basically an autobiography on her life in public duty and her social views in which she identified herself as an organizer and speaker with the good citizens league. And she stated that 10% of the proceeds would go to suppressing crime among African-Americans. So she's busy. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's around. And work. Uh, and somewhere around there in a question mark date, mystery date, she married a man named Jesse Williams. The end. Okay. Uh, I mean, is that like all we know about him? No, like, but that I don't know when they got married. He just, this Sorry, is my first story. No, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. So 1923, here we are. Main, main thing. <laughs> I almost said Mariah. Maria's husband, <laughs> Jesse, is a business owner and he owns a movie theater where she works as an assistant manager. And while she's working there, she wrote, produced, and acted in her own film. Oh, it was yay. a crime drama called The Flames of Wrath, which made her the first black woman to produce a movie. Oh, amazing. There is some debate as to like first director versus first producer, because the roles weren't as like separate and distinguished then as they are now. Yeah. Um, and there's another woman named Tressie Sol- Soders. Soders. I don't know how to say her last name. But Tressie was credited as the first black woman to direct a movie the year before. Okay. They they both deserve all the credit in the world, all of the hype. So, so cool. Tressie's movie was called A Woman's Error, came out in 1922, also in Kansas City, which I like to think made them have some, like, competitive rapport, and they're, like, pushing each other and encouraging them and, like, inspiration and stuff. That is 100% made up in my own head. Um, I have no idea. I mean, it's probably not far from factual, though. I mean, if they're both in Kansas City within a year of each other, both trying to make movies. Right. There's it's, not, it's not. Yeah, it's not far-fetched to think that they would overlap. They would have some overlap, right. So Maria has this movie, Zero Way to Distribute It. So she and Jesse form a company called the Western Film Producing Company and Booking Exchange. And it's it's kind of confusing to find information online because according to various biographies, including IMDb, everybody agrees that Maria wrote, produced, and produced and acted in it. But the movies page on IMDb lists a different writer, and she isn't listed in the cast. There's only like seven cast members listed. Um, weird. The man credited with writing it, I found zero other information about him and that's his only credit. So I have no idea. Seems kind of sketchy, but it was the 1920s. Who knows? Um, Either way, the entire film was written and produced by people of color. That is unmitigated fact. Hmm. Um, According to another story. That's that's a fucking huge achievement. Yeah, It's huge. In Missouri. Like, yeah, that's awesome. So in the movie, she plays the prosecuting attorney, which fun. Yeah, that just sounds delightful. Apparently had a really lengthy distribution circuit around the country, made a whole bunch of money. People loved it. It's now on Turner Classic Movies. Wow. Just, yeah, just the best. 
Um, unfortunately, now the story takes a bit of a downturn. As they so always this, do. Yeah, as they always do. So the same year that Marie and Jesse open Western Film Producing Company, Jesse died. Oh. I have no idea what from. Um, yeah. She eventually remarried. And then one day she received a call from an unknown source. And this man on the phone told her that his brother was sick and she should come help. So she left to help this stranger and his brother and then was found shot and killed on the side of the road a few miles. Away. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Wow. The case remains unsolved. And this is where I have a million questions because so a lot of the sources say like, well, this means that she was involved in nefarious dealings and dangerous people, but like also nothing that we know about her death insinuates that she got a call from a strange man begging for help for his dying brother. She's been in the public arena her whole life. She's been a civil servant for most of her life. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that far-fetched that she would go try to help this person. Yeah. We have no idea if her murder was gender motivated, politically motivated, racially motivated. We have nothing, which also makes me wonder how much work was actually put into solving this murder in 1932. Well, yeah, but I mean like also, even if they put in a ton of work, it's 1932. Right. You know, it's like, that's very true. It could have had a shitload of evidence that they just didn't know. Word all I was can, there like yeah. you know all i can think of is the john mulaney bit about look for clues look for clues yeah um yeah yeah so that's incredibly frustrating she died january 3rd 1932 two days after her birthday her 66th birthday wow. and yeah that's the life of maria p williams Jeez. first black woman movie producer very cool very cool. Very, very cool. I also had some strong Marsha P. Johnson frustration questions whenever I got yeah. to the like. And then she died and we don't know why. And the case is unsolved. I was like, yeah. we need to look into this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right? Um, to very quickly source my shit because there's not much. Um, Wikipedia, IMDb, the cinephiliac.com. And um, Columbia College's Women Film Pioneers Project, which is wow. a cool website. That sounds very cool. It's very cool. And that's my story. That's all I got. Great work. Thanks. Big time into that. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, when was your babe born? Well, uh, we might be kind of on a shorter episode because mine is also a scoot short. It's not... There, it, there's plenty of information, but all of the articles focused on like the same things, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then we'll be like, we'll be like, also she did these things. It's okay. But like, I like so. to imagine that some listeners are like, no, but when we're like, oh, it's like, short. Oh. <laughs> so we're yeah. like, who? Great. Finally. So, <laughs> finally. Um, okay. Well, Reagan, mm. have you ever heard of Wilma Rudolph? Damn it, she's on my list. No. Yeah. Oh, yes, I Cross have. Cross that shit and off. I am stoked to hear this story. Cross that shit off. Um, okay, great. Well, so Wilma, 
was born June 23rd, 1940 in St. Bethlehem, Tennessee. Uh, her dad had remarried and brought his kids from his first marriage. I don't know if she was from his first marriage or his second marriage, but either way, blended family. She had 21 siblings. My goodness. So she was, honestly, now that I think about this, she was probably in the second marriage because she was number 20. Oh, that would probably be second marriage. So yeah, she's second marriage. Um, Unless, what which, if, she, like, first marriage had 20 kids, second marriage one. <laughs> Possible. Who knows? Um, so she had plenty of siblings. So um, many siblings. So many siblings. They could play uh, games of basketball. Like, they could play sports against each other and have yeah, full teams. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so she was born prematurely. Um, she was four pounds when she was born, which I think is very small, but That's I very small. don't know shit about babies. So who, it That's could be small. huge for all I know, but it sounds it's very small. super not. It sounds really, really small. Most babies um, are like seven, eight, nine, ten pounds. Oh my God, she was so tiny. She was real tiny. Okay, so she was like four pounds, a little tiny. She and then like her entire childhood, she was super, super sick, like all the time. She was sick. She spent most of her childhood in a bed. Um, she got double pneumonia. She contracted scarlet double. fever. Yeah, How both lungs. Oh, two lungs. lungs. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. two lungs. Yep. I guess I was just thinking that pneumonia affects them both at the same time. <laughs> Continue. Yep, here we go. Um, so. When she was six, though, or shortly before she was six, I couldn't really tell when she actually got it. But right before she turned six, she got polio and became paralyzed in her left leg. So by the time she's six, she really can only use one leg. So she's like hopping around. She was fitted for a leg brace, but the doctors told her that she would never walk again. Um, She said, quote, my doctors told me I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believed my mother. I'm dead. As you should. Oh, my God. So um, she said in her autobiography that she was always trying to get her leg braces off because she was, like, seven. Um, But her many brothers and sisters would serve as, like, lookouts. So they basically (laughs) took this to make sure that she kept her leg braces on and would be like, hey, stop that. Like, please put that shit back on. Um, Her mother and her siblings then all started taking shifts, removing the leg braces and massaging her bad leg. For two years, they did this every night or, or multiple times a day. They did it up to four times a day for two years. Her mom, Blanche, which like cutest name I've ever yes. heard, would take her once a week on a 90 mile round trip bus trip to Nashville to receive medical care at the Meharry Medical College, which is a historically black hospital. Because in 1940s, Tennessee, shockingly, there wasn't a huge amount of health care for black people. So they had to travel 90 miles round trip to see doctors which is fucking hey at least healthcare is all fair and equal now all fixed good news for us um so by the time she's eight she can walk around with a leg brace um by the time she's 11 her mom comes out into the backyard and uh finds her playing basketball with her brothers with a hoop that she had set up. What and by I the time she's about basketball, by the time she's 12, she can fully walk without a leg brace. Amazing. And it's like, like multiple people have attributed it just to her brothers and sisters and her mom, like working with her every single day for years to like regain use of her leg. Yeah. Um, and like immediately sports are like her thing. <laughs> so 
She, uh, in high school, she's nominated as All-American in high school for basketball. Um, her coach was a man named C.C. Gray, and he nicknamed her Skeeter because, quote, you're little, you're fast, and you always get in my way. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Perfect. excellent. Um, okay, so then Ed Temple shows up. Mm. So Ed is the Tennessee State track coach. <laughs> I don't know why that just, okay. He was the Tennessee state, like the college right. track coach. Right. I'm going to say that like a human being. Yeah. Um, and he came to Wilma's high school and hit up her basketball coach, CC gray. And was like, Hey, here's the deal. I would love if you started an all girls track team, because I would love to poach one of them to train them to go to the Olympics. And CC gray was like, Tight. Yeah, I'll do that for sure. So then he does. And Ed Temple's like, hey, Wilma, let's go. And so she's like, yeah, great. Love it. That's so crazy. So she ends up being super into it. Um, she would go to his college practices while she was still in high school. Um, Ed was like known as this super, super passionate coach. Like he would pick up girls to bring them to practice if they didn't have a ride. He like had the... Um, it was just like a shitty, just dirt track. And he like paid out of his own pocket to have it painted with lane lines and stuff so that it was more of a yeah. actual training field. So uh, people were like, yeah, he's super passionate. He's a great coach. But he also was like a really strict coach. Like he would make you every time you were late for a practice, however many minutes late you were was the number of laps you had to run. So one time she ended up getting there half an hour late. So she ran 30 laps. And then the next day she showed up to practice half an hour early <laughs> just like yeah, not I mean, doing that that'll, again that'll fix it real quick this feels very um remember the titans and i'm all about it <laughs> yeah yeah um so 1956 she qualifies for the melbourne olympic games bt dubs she's 16 what? um yeah she's 16 she qualifies and she wins bronze in the 400 meter relay wait Yes. She was able to walk on her own without a brace four years before this? Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Regular, normal, totally casual thing. Very, very normal. Definitely not superhero esque oh at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So she wins bronze in the 400 meter relay. So then, obviously, when she graduates high school, she goes to Tennessee State. Um, she studies education and basically studies track like she basically goes there for track um so 1960 four years later now it's the rome olympics and she qualifies again obviously um so she gets there she wins gold in the 100 meter dash she ties the world record of 11.3 seconds 11 seconds just normal 20 year old accomplishments at your second olympics regular it's all fine. Oh, so then her next event um, is the 200 meter dash. She breaks that world record 23.2 seconds um, and then also got the gold. So all of the like most of her breaking the records were in the heats. So sure. Then. Yeah. So then she wins the gold. Um, and then her third event was the 400 meter team relay. Um, that team set the world record and then also won gold. So, dude, uh, it's the first time ever that an American woman won three golds at a single Olympic Games. Yes, girl. Yeah. So uh, despite how fucking cool that is, 
Ed Temple and Wilma both were both super aware that she is not the only Tennessee racer there. <laughs> like most of most of the people that were on her 400 meter relay team were teammates from Tennessee State. So like they're all what Ed Temple's people. <laughs> is going on in Tennessee? Fucking Ed Temple, dude. He's just a great coach. Like he was there. Yeah. He was the Olympic team coach, and he. It was most of his people that were on this thing. It's like Oklahoma and softball. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. Like just like specific states are like we're really really good at this. Really one good thing. at this thing. Yeah. Um. So her personal favorite event was the relay because then she got to be up on the pedestal with her teammates. She didn't oh, like being what? up there alone. She wanted to share the limelight, which is so cute. Um, so then after Rome, she becomes this like huge international star. They're like traveling to Greece. They're traveling like all over Europe and people are like fucking swarming her. Like they had to hire security so that she could just walk around because people would like swarm her. They couldn't, she was on a bus one time and like, they couldn't get down a street because just a huge crowd of people just came and were pounding on the bus waiting for her to just wave at them. Like that's all they wanted. As soon as she waved at them and acknowledged them, they just left. (laughs) So like huge star. So when she's coming home, the Tennessee governor is like, hey, I'm going to hold this celebration for you. But he was a super outspoken segregationist. And she was like, I'm not going to go if it's not integrated. So like, if you're going to hold the celebration for me, you got to integrate it. So her, her banquet and parade was the first integrated event in her hometown. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. It took that to yes. do it, but, but good for her. Can you imagine how like overwhelmingly proud her parents must have been? Like just being like, oh wow, this kid is like literally changing how our town functions. Can you imagine how inadequate her siblings must have felt? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't like she was one of two daughters or something. At least there was like, I mean, it, you know, like whole she's range. The fluke, she's the fluke sister. Like there's, yeah. you know, we yeah. got a, a lot of normal to go around. Yeah. Wow. Um, so 1961, she wins the AP, the Associated Press Female Athlete of the Year Award. Um, she gets inducted into the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame. 1962, just two years after her gigantic success in Rome, she retires. <laughs> And she goes to teach second grade. So she taught second oh. grade for a long time. I know. I know. Oh so then God. later, like way down the road, she becomes the track coach at DePaul University in Indiana. She works as a U.S. Goodwill ambassador. So then she just kind of like is palling around. Like she protested at a lot um, of events during the civil rights movement. Like she's just like all over the place working wow. and doing stuff. So 1981. She establishes the Wilma Rudolph Foundation, which helps train youth athletes, which is like apparently the thing that she was like most proud of doing, which is so great. Um, 1984, she's a commentator for the L.A. Olympics. 1988 is when Florence Griffith Joyner, you heard of her? I don't think so. Cool, because dibs. Um, She becomes the next woman to win three gold medals in one Olympic games. Um, And Wilma was so fucking stoked about it. She said, quote, it was a great thrill for me to see. I thought I'd never get to see that. Florence Griffith Joyner, every time she ran, I ran. Oh. I know. She's the sweetest lady. I just, she's so sweet. Like all, there were so many interviews with people being like, 
yeah, this lady, she's just, like, the coolest. Like, she's just so nice. Yeah. She's just so – she just had such a huge personality and was so charming that, like, so many people were like, yeah, she never met a stranger. She was so, like, just just so charming and welcoming to everyone that she ever met. Yeah. Um, she – Doop, doop, doop. She was inducted into the National Track and Field Hall of Fame, the Women's Sports Foundation Hall of Fame, Black Athletes Hall of Fame, and the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame. But so many Hall of Fame. Right, because in. polio. I was like, right. wait, what? Yeah, yep. because yep. polio, because she was literally paralyzed for, like, a long time. Grief. Um, so she wrote an autobiography. It's just called Wilma. Uh, which was also turned into a movie that you can was, find. Yeah, I was like, I've um, heard of this. Uh, she talks about her experience as an Olympic athlete, which includes the struggles of life post-Olympics, which we've talked about with other Olympic athletes, where they're like, yeah, this is great. Like, we're really famous, but we don't get paid anything. So, like, she struggled financially for most of her life because she you don't get anything. You get all this recognition and all this fame, but like, that's kind of it. Um, and so she talks about how it made her feel exploited both as a woman and as a black woman to be like, look at how great this person is. She's our like country's face. And then like, not really get anything in return. Um, which like is super fair. Uh, so 1994, she was 54. She's diagnosed with both throat cancer and a brain tumor and mm-hmm. dies a short time later in November. Um, so she was 54 when she died, which is so young. Um, but as a final little, like, excellent quote from her, she said, quote, winning is great, sure. But if you're really going to do something in life, the secret is learning how to lose. If you can pick up after a crushing defeat and go on to win again, you're going to be a champion someday. Oh, you know, so like true. So true. Wow. That's amazing. And that's the uh, short but sweet story of Wilma Rudolph. That's amazing. Olympic runner extraordinaire. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Good job, dude. Thanks. What a life. What a life. What a life. Um, so to source my shit real quick, um... A 2017 article on National Women's History Museum written by Arlisha R. Norwood, um, Olympic.org. There was an excellent ESPN article uh, written by M.B. Roberts, which was called Rudolph Ran and the World Went Wild. And then an NBC Sports article by Rachel Thompson titled Wilma Rudolph, Once Told She Would Not Walk, Became the World's Fastest Woman 60 Years Ago. Man. And then biography and wikipedia.com. Dot coms. Yeah. Good old Wilma. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good job. Thanks. I feel so inspired. I know. Um, I feel like I want to go run. And then oh, I don't immediately that. realize that I fucking hate running. Yeah, I, I don't hate feel it that so kind much. of inspired. No, no, no. 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 Um, Who's your babe this week? Um, I think that my babe has to be my dear friend Shannon. It had been a hot minute since I had talked to her, and we just like had a phone call the other day, and it was so nice. And we just caught up, and it was just excellent. I've known her since I was like in sixth grade, which is disgusting to think about, but um, 
yeah, she apparently religiously listens to our podcast and That's loves so it. Cute. And like, I know she just, she's just the best. She sent me a, um, oh, she, cause she's an artist too. So we'll plug her, Heck yeah, her we'll plug stuff. Her. Um, it's, it's odd pup designs and dire post art. And she's got two different Instagrams and they're amazing. Great. And they're like little cartoons. They're so cute. And so she drew Greg and Ellie for us which is so cute and like it's just yeah it's just the sweetest so um wow yeah I think she's my babe she's just very cool and very strong and has like spent a lot of time figuring out kind of like who she is and Mm -hmm. what she wants and what makes her happy and I think that that's pretty admirable because not a lot of people very admirable not a lot of people put in the work to like figure out you know, what all is going on with themselves. So, and even putting in the work, it takes so much time. Yeah. Like it takes yeah. a lot of, cause that's what I've been like trying to do. And over the past, you know, year and it's crazy how often you have to return to it and like reassess and go, yeah. it's, that's very, very cool. Yeah. She's a very cool person. So She's my she's my babe. Amazing. Week. Who's yours? Um, I kind of have two again, but one of them is just kind of like I wanted to give a shout out to who inspired me to pick Maria, and it's obviously Ava DuVernay. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, just watching the work that she's creating and how her career is going right now, it just like is the most inspiring, wonderful, awesome thing in the world. And I'm really, really excited to see what she does going forward. And like everything she does is incredible and I love her. Um, So I felt like I should state that for, you know, the, the record. Uh, But mostly my babe this week is uh, my friend Bailey started a podcast with her friend, Caitlin and it's called Please and Take It With You. And they discuss a different movie every week. And oh they just God. launched it. They have two episodes out. And it's so far they've been movie musicals. And they're, I think, I know Bailey was in musical theater. I'm assuming Caitlin was also. Um, but they, you know, they do some research about it. But the information that they have on these movies is wild. Like, I was blown away by how much information they had. And the latest episode was on Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston and Whoopi. And it's so nostalgic and fascinating and interesting. And so did you know, I'm going to spoil part of this real quick because, Oh my God. Originally when they proposed Cinderella, it was many years before and Whitney was supposed to play Cinderella and it got like kicked around and delayed and all of this stuff. And so then finally, when they got the green light, Whitney was like, look, Cinderella is like a teenager. And I feel like I've aged out of this role. And she was like, there's one choice for you and you have to pick Brandy. And Brandy was like, she was right. Yeah, she was very right. And Brandy was like, I'll only do it if you're the godmother. (laughs) And I just love that so much. Sometimes I'll just like be walking through my house and I'll just hear Brandy and Whitney Houston singing impossible back and forth to each other. I'll just hear that forever just wandering around my house. So good. So listening to that episode of 
please and take it with you this week was just like my sweet little nostalgic heart exploded in so much yeah. joy. And now it's on Disney plus and we can watch it whenever we want. Yeah. And everything is wonderful, but uh, Brandy. Nope. <laughs> don't know Brandy. I love Brandy. <laughs> you don't know Brandy. <laughs> Bailey. Yes. What I do know. Um, she and her husband moved out of Chicago when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and they were like, one of our closest like couple friends and I miss them a lot all the time, but I think they're doing really well, like thriving and stuff. And she's been wanting to start a podcast and I'm so proud of her that she did it. And I'm so excited. And it's so good and it's great. And it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you guys like movies so far, movie musicals, I don't know if that's a thing that's going to keep, I don't know. But yeah, it's delightful. So look them up. Great. I absolutely am going to do that. Great. That sounded so, sarcastic, but I meant it genuinely. No, I, I think anybody who knows. <laughs> that's just how my voice sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You're good. I got you. <laughs> wow. That was so short. It was, I know, we flew through that. It's crazy when I don't have six pages on a babe. Wild. I mean, thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah. It's weird that I still forget that we have listeners when we record oh, this. Literally every time that we do this. I'm every like, oh, time. Right. people still are listening to this. That. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for doing that. And like, I love getting random texts through the week of like quotes that we've said. And I'm getting better at picking them out, even if I don't remember saying them. <laughs> because. Usually now if I get a text that's some wild sentence completely out of context that's either really aggressive or about a lady. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, I bet we, I said this. <laughs> who said this? <laughs> One of us must have said this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh thanks for doing that, supporting us. We support you. We really do. And we love you guys. Um, Stay safe and stuff. And if you're feeling it, then go like us on stuff. That would be cool. Give us a review on stuff. It would also be cool. Apparently, Instagram's new algorithm is uh, it boosts your posts if you bookmark stuff. Oh. So okay. bookmark our posts, and that'll bookmark help us. us. Yeah, really? that's cool. Yeah. And we'll show you pictures of really cool babes and yeah. the stuff that they do. Yeah. On that note. Love you. I love you. I love this. Big fan of this. This fucking cat over here is just past it. Oh, I've got a cat in the closet who's just, she just poked her head up and just looked at me. It's like, did you call? Didn't know she was in there. Now that I've thrown the static blanket and the static pants away from Valkyrie, she calmed down and fell asleep. (laughs) Static is scary, Reagan. I mean... The way that she goes at it, like, what is biting me in here? There's something in here that is biting me. It's like, no, pup. That's no. just, it's okay. You're doing great, sweetie. Well, I love you. And this. Mm hmm. And stay bitching, you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs>